Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 630 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A. On Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. Hour number two of Oilers Now, 106 in Edmonton. Oilers Now is brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Don't spend your valuable time meeting with door-to-door sales reps. Your all-in-one convenient location, digitex.ca, Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Hugh Porter and Digitex. Hugh grew up a Glenn Anderson fan, uh, but he was stoked seeing that Connor McDavid goal, as was pretty much everybody else in Edmonton. I... Love the goal, but I also love the Oilers' overall performance, which is where we're going to go next when we go to our River Creek Resort Casino hotline, as we are pleased to be joined for Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service, electrical prefabrication and solar, one of the most popular guests we have on Oilers now. We welcome back to the show longtime NHL executive, now with NHL Hockey and Rogers and Sportsnet, Brian Burke. Hello, Brian. How are you? Good, Bob. How are you? Good. It was good seeing you in Toronto. I'm in Toronto, yeah. It's, uh, people are complaining about the cold here. It's minus four, but I think it's a little colder back in Edmonton. Yeah, we're uh, we're in Montreal, and we'll get to the McDavid goal in a second here. I love the experience in the Bell Center. Like to me, it is second as as a broadcaster, but also it just courses through your veins in this market. You've been in here a number of times with a multitude of NHL organizations. Is this one of your most popular stops in the tour? Yeah, it is. And I'll tell you why it is. For the things you mentioned, there's a lot of history. Even though the building is new, there's lots of ghosts in that building. Lots of great players wore that uniform. And it's 21,000 people, so with that and Chicago were the two biggest. Their game presentation is flawless. There's an elegance to the building, the way the women dress and the men wear suits, and it's a it's a great part of the hockey experience. You know, it is, and one thing that I even when the Oilers didn't have Connor McDavid, you know, when Taylor Hall would have a rush coming up the ice, or Ryan Nugent Hopkins has had some big games in this building. Keep that in mind for down the road, folks, because uh, they could use a center. Uh, but uh, no, it, it, they they know the game. And well, here's the thing, Brian: in Montreal, there's an appreciation for the, the game. 
And it, it also permeates with the media. And I think sometimes in Toronto, which is the Canadian media universe, I think it's almost always invariably about the Leafs. But at times... I feel in Montreal all the time that it's about the game. Am I incorrect there? Do you think? No, I think you're correct. I think it's I think it's like that in most Canadian cities. Though I, I think yeah, start with knowledgeable fans. Like Connor McDavid got applauded the other night after they replayed his goal. Yeah, they showed the goal again, and I'd say a third of the lower bowl applauded the goal after they got a chance to see the replay. I don't think everyone knew exactly what happened the first time. But so I think I think across Canada the fans are knowledgeable and appreciate good hockey, uh, even when their team isn't successful. I'm with you in Chicago, by the way. Like to me, that trumps Vegas. I, I know everybody makes a big. My theory on Vegas, Brian, is you know what? Couples have got the kids back at home with the grandparents, and they're having a good time. They're getting after it, and they're they're fueled up, and they've been out in the sun, and they're ready to rock, right? But in terms of the actual in-game experience, for me, it's Montreal and Canada and Chicago in the U.S. Yeah, if you can, if you don't, if you don't get goosebumps when they play the anthem in Chicago, then there's something wrong with you. Now, because I'm this sort of guy, Brian, I watched 743 different uh, versions of the every every national network show we replayed on. You know, we played Joe Bowen's call, Jack Michaels, obviously our call of the game, uh, Kevin Quinn's call, John Forzlin's call. I think somebody even sent us the call on TVA as well. Like you name it, we played it. The Chris Cuthbert call. Um, the question I have for you. If McDavid scores that goal in Anaheim and isolates Cam Fowler the way he uh, isolated Morgan Riley, like Fowler's a really good defenseman, so is Riley, does it get the same play if it happens at a 10 o'clock uh, Eastern time start out in Anaheim that it did in Toronto the other night? It, not, not right away, but it was such a spectacular goal that there's really, I mean, did you see the, the, uh, the brawl in the baseball game in Venezuela this morning? Not yet, but I will be. It was, I mean, there's some things that really are global and are instantaneous, and that was such a spectacular play. It's not just going to be shown all over the world. You're going to be watching that goal for 20 years. And it's, a, it's on an elite defenseman. Like, it's not like he beat some slug like me. He, he, he beat an elite defenseman, broke his ankles, and went in and scored. It was a, a staggering play. The irony, I mean, it, it was, ab I, I, I referred to it as obscene because, yeah. you, you know, he took the guy's jock right away from him. But the other, the, the other irony of that is the only time the Maple Leafs showed any pushback in that entire game was on the shift after when Morgan Riley Morgan went at Connor. Yeah. That's, That's the only great. time they showed any pushback, Brian, the entire game. Well, I thought, you know, watching the game, um, I was very impressed with Edmonton's play. And I was, I, I, my son Patrick was with me. And he worked for the NHL and player safety. He was in Toronto doing something else for the league. And at the end of the first period, I said to him, I cannot believe the quality of the chances that Edmonton generated in that first period. So they're going to win this hockey game for sure. And then next thing you know, three quick goals, the Yank Freddy. Um, I thought they played a really, really good game. And um, and you're right, there was no pushback. Zach Cassian ran over a few people. No one looked at him. I mean, it's a, it's a different team. 
Well, uh, Zach Cassian, and I, I, I'm pretty sure you do. You go to all of the the uh, CHL prospects games? Uh, most of them, yep. Okay, so uh, Zach Cassian got a heavy piece on John Tavares in their draft year back in 2009. He might have, uh, I think Tavares, if I recall correctly, suffered a, a shoulder sprain from the actual hit. And 30 seconds into that game, right in front of the Oilers bench, Zach Cassian filled John Tavares in. I mean, he, Brian, he flat, and, and I watched this when the Oilers had Nugent Hopkins and Hall. The only difference is the Oilers also, you know, they had some fourth line guys that could fight, but they didn't have guys that were functionally tough, like you guys had in Anaheim. You know, the Edmonton would go to LA and Anaheim and get their, you know what run. And, right? I mean, James Neal hit Justin Hole six times in that game, and on one shift, he got the Matthews, Mar- uh, Marner, Marachi, crime. he got both guys on one shift. James Neal, you know? And I know you brought this up, and, and people think you're a dinosaur for thinking this way, but everybody's got to be, and, and Boston went down the... This, is this why you're concerned that the Leafs might not have as much juice as others think come playoff time? Yeah, I, I, I'm a big believer that um, you need to have different weapons in your in your uh, arsenal, and one of them has to be the ability to play a big team. I remember when I was a young GM, I asked Bill Torrey, the late great Bill Torrey, I said, "Bill, would you have some advice for a young guy?" And he said, "Yeah." He said, "You're going to play four playoff series if you want to win a cup. You're going to play a big team. You're going to play a fast team. You're going to play a team that relies on their special teams." And you're going to play a hybrid of, of some or all of that. So your team's got to be big enough to beat a big team, fast enough to beat. And it was great advice. And I took it to heart. And I was lucky enough to win a cup. But I do think at some point size does matter. I do think at some point truculence matters. Uh, and I think that's where the Leafs are a little shy. Now, they will tell you that I'm a dinosaur and that uh, the, the future of the game is the way they're going. But we're not there yet. Even last year, Washington, that's a heavy team. St. Louis last year, that's a heavy team. Those are teams like the reason St. Louis won the Cup is they were bigger than Boston and they played a heavier game than Boston. So I don't see it with the Leafs. I think they're too soft, but, who, who you know, who knows? Brian, the Oilers, I mean, you saw what Edmonton did to Toronto. And Toronto, that, that should not have been a 6-4 game. I mean, the Oilers easily, right after they made it 6-3, the Oilers could have had three power plays in a span of 30 seconds, but they were managing the game by that point. And, uh, you know, Edmonton's third and fourth lines gave up a couple goals against all three, actually, in the game at five-on-five. Like, their top two lines dominated. Like, the Leafs' top guys, Brian, went away. Yeah. Tavares, Marners, Matthew, Nylander. Like, I, you didn't hear any? Like, they completely went away in that hockey game. Yeah, they did. So, all right, switching focus for a second here. Speaking of truculence, we're having a bit of an animated discussion on Josh Anderson from the Columbus Blue Jackets, who is having unequivocally a terrible season. His contract is up. He's represented by Darren Ferris. To me, this is the type of guy... Like, there's not a lot of guys like him, and like he's got a higher offensive ceiling than Zach Cassian. I have said that it would not surprise me if he makes north of five million per year in his next year, uh, next deal. And some people are saying I'm crazy. What's your take on Josh Anderson, the player? 
Well, I think uh, you're right. He's big. He has he has hostility. Um, he has bad intentions on the ring. Like he he likes to hit. He can fight, uh, and he can score. He's he's not getting it done this year though, he's, and he's been hurt a bunch. So I don't know if he's going to get any, anywhere near that money, but it, it wouldn't surprise me if he did. This is a guy, a potential, you know, thirty, hundred, you know, thirty goals, hundred penalty minute guys. And there's a shortage of those guys in the league. Some people have suggested, could you trade Paul Yarby for him? I'm like, not a chance. But you've been in that chair. Is that something that would entice Columbus? Not a chance. <laughs> you got it right. 27 yes, goals. Yes, he flew Yarby. You know, like, I know Edmonton fans are frustrated with the pick. Two points in that. One is we all had him there. We all had him rank right where Edmonton had him there. So it's not like Edmonton made this colossal mistake all by themselves. We all would have picked him in that spot. So that's one. Two, I'm not so I'm not convinced that he's not going to figure it out. Like he was such a great junior his draft year. I'm just not, I'm not quitting on him. Some of these zeros take a little longer. And people forget the Sedin twins didn't come over for a year, and they weren't very good. Danny was good his rookie year, but Hank wasn't. And then their second year, they both were really poor numbers. And so I'm not I'm not convinced that a Yes, he pulled the RV. He's not going to figure it out and be that if Edmonton shouldn't be patient, wait till he does. You guys insulated him. You, you, you had the, were you gone by then? You had the West Coast Express. Yep. I was, right? I was, yep. Made it a lot easier. So, uh, yeah, it, that, all that being said, right now you cannot get Josh Anderson for yes, a pull RV. No chance no. at all. No, you're right. All right, tonight. Tonight, Brian, the Edmonton Oilers are in uh, Montreal to play the Canadians. The Canadians have dropped seven games in a row. How much heat do you think is on Mark Bergevin here? Oh, it's red hot. It's it's red hot, and they're they're impatient. And so far, the, the heat has been on him and not on the coach. It's been it's unusual that right now he's getting more of blame for where they are at than the coach. And um, I, I'm not sure losing to Detroit for the third time this year. I'm not sure they're going to come out of this anytime soon. I think it's a really good opportunity for Edmonton to, to prance out of there with a couple of points. Do you buy that certain goalies play bad against certain teams? Absolutely. Did you have a goaltender that you had that you knew you couldn't play in certain arenas? Yeah, well, more than one. Like we we keep very, very, uh, very close track of a, pl- a player's performance against certain guys or in certain buildings and um you know that what goes back just about every goalie i've had just about every single one of them had a building that he couldn't win in and then it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because now he's convinced he can't win so it's psychological as well and now he's going to the goalie coach saying i don't want that start so a lot of times you'll see a guy that won't win in a building for three or four years because he won't play in that building. Carey Price never won a start in Edmonton as a member of the Montreal Canadiens in the old building in uh, Northland's Coliseum or Rexall Place, whatever you want to call it. He won the first one in Rogers Place. He uh, uh, has obviously lost the last couple. He's 3-8-1 with a 3.70 goals against average and an 8.60 save percentage. This is Carey Price, Brian. We're talking about Canada's goalie for Team Canada. I know. I don't know what's going on. He had a terrible November. Then he bounced back a little, which he did last year, too. Then he bounced back and had a better December. 
but he's really scuffling again now, and, and their their team just, I know they're banged up, and that's why they brought in Kovalchuk, but they are, uh, they really look lost right now. And they're a small team, uh, and Carey Price makes $10.5 million. Can you win? Like, do you need? Are we going to have to rethink that goaltending position and maybe go more with tandems? Do you think moving forward? I think everyone's moving that way with a fifty-thirty split, and more of a tandem, more of a platoon, to borrow a baseball term. Uh, I think everyone's trying to get to that ideal. You see, it worked for Dallas. Um, I think if you talk to goalie coaches, they're like the players that really want to play a lot, like Freddie Anderson. Really, they don't want him to go over sixty. So at least 22 games for the backup. And um, I think the goalie coach, if, if he had his brothers, he'd take five more starts away from the starter and tack those on. So I think that's the future. I don't think you'll ever see a Marty Berder type season. Brian, from 2009 to 2014, the Montreal Canadiens, first-round picks, Louis LeBlanc, Mar- uh, Jared Tenorti, I was going to say Mark. I played against Mark growing up. Nathan Boileau. Alex Galchenyuk, they traded him, they got Domi, that was a good trade. Uh, Michael McCarron uh, and Nikita Sherbeck. None of those guys are currently with the Canadians organization. Trevor Timmons has been with the organization every step of the way through. It's rare when you see a run like that. Like every, Lots of teams will have runs for two or three years where they don't hit with first-rounders. And in fairness to Montreal, some of those first-rounders were bottom half of the first-round picks, most of them, in fact, which speaks volumes to the challenge of the bottom half of the first round. But for all the criticism directed Edmonton's way, you know, and, and they got... Nugent Hopkins number one, but they got, you know, you take a look at Edmonton, they got Clefbaum at 19, they got Nurse at seven. Those guys stuck in the same draft window years. It's interesting, isn't it? I mean, you look at the Canadians, the lack of size, they got a bunch of smaller forwards, and some of the big boys they drafted did not pan out for them. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, I think I had one stretch in Vancouver where we drafted four years and did not draft one player that played in the NHL like that what we consider playing in the NHL which is 225 games yeah. so if a player's healthy for three seasons he plays in 246 games or whatever three times 82 is I'm not a math whiz uh, less less a small allowance for injury so we use 225 as the yardstick and I think four years in a row we didn't draft a player that played in the NHL so it's streaky and then, and then we get the twins and Ryan Kessler out of back to back drafts or whatever it was so um, it's streaky, but they, they have not done a good job of drafting and retaining high picks with Montreal for sure. How much, just to wrap up, Ryan, how awkward, not awkward, but challenging is the Canadian situation because, uh, you know, the fluency of French and the expectation, you know, the general manager and the coach, that that's a card that has to be, like, you've got to be bilingual in those marketplaces to succeed. Well, I think one of them has to be. I think if they, uh, as Jeff Molson explained to me once, we were talking about that, and he said uh, you, you could never work in this marketplace because you don't speak French. So I think you can get away with it with a French coach, a French-Canadian coach. Yeah. But I said one of the, one of the two of them for sure. I think, you know, for example, if Bob Ganey's the GM, I don't think anyone complains. And he might speak French, he might not. I think he does. But let's say he didn't. The fact of his status as a Canadian, as a lay Canadian, his status as a player with them probably lets him get away with it. But I don't know, Brian Burke walking in there, I don't know if they like that. 
All right. Well, I think that our listeners on Oilers now are digging Brian Burke. Thanks again for popping by the other night uh, in Toronto. It was great seeing you at the game, and we'll look forward to hooking up next week, Brian. Thanks, Bob. For Canadian Power Pack, that's Brian Burke, Alberta's leader in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication and solar. Guests on orders now receive gift certificates to Japanese Village, steak and seafood cooked right at your table. Edmonton South, downtown, north side, Short Park, and now open with Japanese Village in West Edmonton Mall. We're going to merge some breaks here. We're going to go right into our orders now injury report for James H. Brown injury lawyers. When accidents happen, go to James H. Brown dot com and uh looks like brendan gallagher is in for the canadians here's brendan with the rest of the update Joel Armia or Joel Armia has an upper body issue. Bobby's out until likely the end of the month. Paul Byron on the IR with a knee ailment. Jonathan Drouin recovering from torn ligaments in his wrist. And the most recent one, Ben Sherratt not dressing. He suffered a lower body injury against Detroit. Elsewhere around the league, uh, Coyotes forward Barrett Hayton. He's week to week recovering from that shoulder separation suffered at the World Juniors. And Logan Couture does have a fractured ankle. It's expected to keep him out up to six weeks. Make sure you go down and see uh, my friends at Brent Ridge Ford in Wetaskiwin. You know, cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. Brent Ridge is an eight-time President's Diamond Award winner for customer satisfaction. And right now is a great time to buy. They're clearing out all their 2019s, uh, significant rebates, specifically on 2019 F-150s. Give the gang at Brent Ridge, which includes the likes of Uncle Milt, Johnny, and Rich, a call at one 877 3673 or visit brentridge.com. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. More on the Canadian story when we return with Brian Wild from Global in Montreal. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.